Hey guys, you are listening to the seventh mentor session of the Side Project Accelerator with Lior Franco. In this session, Lior talks about the launch of his new book and also gives lots of actionable advice for everyone. I think you're going to enjoy. All right. What's up, everybody? We are here with Lior Franco. How are you doing today? Really good, really good, actually. Even well. <laughs> Excellent to hear. A nice weekend starting soon? Uh, I'm not sure about it. I didn't have the time to think about it yet. <laughs> I mean, actually, I'm in the middle of a mini, mini, mini lawn uh, okay. today. So I'm going to talk about it uh, later on. So let's get into that in one second. And before we begin, maybe you can just give a little bit of a background of yourself and what <laughs> you're doing. Sure. So above all, I'm a co-founder at The New School, together with uh, Ron Segal, who has uh, an amazing vlog. If you're creative people who like side projects, you should watch it. It's called Flux. And Ayal Geles, which is a developer. He used to be my developer in my former startup, but now he's my uh, co-founder. So he's a designer. Ron is a creative person. And I'm just doing live mentor sessions here and there. Uh, that's mm-hmm. it. Kidding. I do the rest of it. So marketing, vision, and a lot of the rest of the things. Mm-hmm. Other than this, I have I have clients because the new school is bootstrapped, kind of like hacking UI. But we work three days a week. I mean, we commit okay. three days a week, but we work as much as needed, and then we try to limit ourselves not to work more than this time. And in the rest of the time, we work. Each of us is a freelancer working with clients. And also working on our own side projects, um, like the book I'm just working on right now. Awesome. Okay. And is that three days set? It's the same three days every week? Or how do you guys... Yeah. Yeah. Uh, In Israel, we work Sunday to Thursday. So we have Sunday, Monday, Tuesday. And (coughs) this is actually amazing because it makes sure that you have the weekend to process things. And then when you get back on Sunday, a lot of times the meeting starts with, well, I thought about it over the weekend, and I think we should pivot. And then we have to, okay, guys, let's chill. <laughs> um, I have to say as well that I actually have a very technical background, even though I'm not using it too much these days. Um, my first degree is a bachelor in um, um, electrical engineering. Oh, okay. And I have a master's degree in history and philosophy. That's not technological. And not practical. It's like, I don't know. It was fun. Um, it sounds fun, actually. <laughs> it is fun. It is fun. If, if you're a curious person and you need to, you know, uh, make your brain works, mm-hmm. it's, uh, it's a lot of fun and hard work. Um, but I changed my uh, journey from doing a lot of technical work, working as an engineer in a big startup company that wasn't... A so can you turn off the filter? IPO. Um, Wait, sorry, Leo, one second. I, I, can you just repeat that last sentence? Yeah. I lost you for one second there. Should I? Just repeat that last sentence, yeah. So I said um, I was working in a startup company that went IPO. So okay. um, I was not a startup anymore. It was 500 people. That was my last high-tech job. And then I left to start my own startup. Uh, it was full-time, 120% startup. Mm-hmm. Um, like in the book, like they write in the book, including the big mistakes they do in the book. Um, unfortunately, I didn't have the book. I have a lot of books. All of them told me I'm wrong. Uh, <laughs> but it was fun. It was a big journey. Awesome. So now, 
the most recent thing you're doing, and you kind of touched on it for a second there before, is you just published a book. Yeah. Right? So, yeah. Uh, so actually, we have a list Wait. of questions here. But before the questions, maybe we'll give you just a bit about, like, a bit of context about uh, the, the Cypress Accelerator and where our people are right now. Okay, you don't have to tell me about the accelerator I'm following, but let yeah. me know where, where people are right now. All right, so um, right now we're on the uh, eighth week, although the eighth week should have been the last, but we had one week of catching up in the middle. So meaning next week is the last week of the Cy Project Accelerator. Um, okay. So people here already have, um, they already have their blog set up, newsletter lists, people already have some of them hundreds of people on their mailing list. Um, and and some are also just a bit behind, you know, not fully catch caught up on the on all the assignments. So some have like you know a blog full out like boxes of signups all over the site. Some have um, you know a, a blog halfway set up, but at least they're sending it out newsletter. But everyone is like at their own stage, kind of like advanced in the in the program. And um, the reason that not a lot of people are here attending live is also because most of them prefer to hear it after the, the live session as it, because we set it out after the, uh, we put it out as a podcast afterward. Okay, so, cool. Um, so we don't have full attendance on, uh, you know, on this, um, but everybody, almost everybody hears the, the episode after that. And just like we get a lot of feedback after, after each episode when people hear it as a podcast version. Cool. I look better in podcasts. <laughs> Okay, cool. Um, all right, cool. So tell us, yeah, about your most recent endeavors. So do you want to ask a specific question or just um, well, talk actually, in general about the book? Yeah, actually, we have actually the most upvoted question right now is from Omri. But it's, uh, what inspired you to write a book and what do you expect to achieve by publishing it? All right. So that's actually a very... Well, you'll have to stop me because I can start now and finish when we need to end just to answer this because it has so much to do with, um, with the side project accelerator. So here's the thing. Um, I'm quite busy with the new school and working with clients, but one of my clients kind of uh, fired me or I fired them. Not sure. It was in a good sense. Um, we decided that it's not... Uh, I'm not going to work with them anymore. And then I had <coughs> one free day in a week. That was, uh, I think, eight months ago. Okay. okay. And I not, I not, I'm not even sure that Sagi knows uh, this uh, story. So it, it would be also interesting for you guys to hear it for the first time. Um, and then what happened was that after a few, a few three months uh, working with client, four months working with that client, etc., I was thinking, hey, um, why wouldn't I build something for myself, okay? I want to build something for myself. The thing is that the new school is already something I do for myself. It's something where I put a lot of risk because instead of the new school, I could, you know, go and work in high tech and um, earn much more money. So I put a lot of risk at the new school. Why would I want one more thing? <clears throat> and then I thought, okay, Lior, if you were a startup, okay, let alone the product, if you are the startup, would you invest in yourself? Now, a few years back, the answer would probably be no. Uh, but these days, I feel a little bit more confident. And the reason is that I'm doing it for a few years now. So, guys who are listening, um, confidence arrives when you do enough. Um, anyways, and then I thought, okay, I have no clue what I want to do. But I know what I like to do, which is to write. 
So I took my blog that was already uh, working in Hebrew and I started to write there regularly, regularly, uh, once a week. And this time to do it much more strategically. Okay, so it wasn't just writing for fun. I made sure that everything has a funnel, uh, the newsletter appears, there's the right pop-up. I worked on the copy, like to make it, I, unfortunately it's in Hebrew, so some of your, um, or most of your uh, um, attendees could not understand what's going on, but it was a lot of work <coughs> to make it with my very specific tone and voice. Um, the thing is that I didn't have in mind a specific product I want to sell. The funnel I, I built for myself, not the conversion funnel for the newsletter, the funnel I built for my product was, I know I love writing, I'm gonna start collecting uh, audience to my newsletter, okay? General audience, not that it's a good idea mostly, but in this specific case, it was a good idea because I had two or three different subjects that I like to write about. It could be economical behavioral, um, it can be explaining complicated technology to people who are not technologists, mm -hmm. and it could be life hacks, okay? okay? Three very different subjects, and I actually didn't really know which of them will work better. So I just did one of this, one of that, one of this, one of that, uh, made sure that I tried to diverse it. And then the plan was that I'll start uh, make sure people are subscribing to my newsletter, and in my newsletter, um, on the welcome letter, which is a really long one and very personal one, including my picture, etc. I'm writing down in the end a very compelling ask for them to write me back okay. and to write me what is their current biggest problem. Okay, what is that they wanna they would like me to write about, or is there a specific question I they think I can help with, and so on. Now the first few questions answered were all about marketing to business. So I thought, okay, maybe I found my um, destination for this product and I'll write more about um, uh, marketing for small businesses, small, medium businesses. <clears throat> you know, like uh, list generation or how to do Facebook ads and so on and so forth. Even though between us, it seemed a bit boring to me, but I thought I, I still have angles that I'm, I'm interested in, and I try to make my posts very interesting, uh, so I want to be bored. So, for example, when I was talking about marketing, I was writing about Lemonade, Beyonce's latest album, because I think Beyonce is an amazing market, okay? Um, and then, as soon as I thought this is my direction, I kind of took my whole website. My website has uh, like a really big about me page. I have a lot of things to show off because I'm 37 and I'm working since I'm very young. So I used it, you know, to build authority. Only thing I really made, okay? No, no lies. Um, there's the blog um, and there's the newsletter, okay? Back then. Now there's more, but back then. And then I said, okay, now I'm taking my whole website and the newsletter and the welcome letter and I'm gonna tweak it all directly to my potential product, okay? So again, I thought my potential product would be marketing for small businesses. So I changed the name of the newsletter, I changed the welcome letter, 
I changed even um, some of the titles of the blog posts. And if you were a new visitor into my website, you would think I'm very much about not only, but very much, let's say 70, 80% about marketing for a small business. Okay. Wait, so, and this, just to be clear, this was the decision that you were making based on the responses you got from the welcome email to your newsletter. So exactly. many of them. Because what I was learning in, um, in my last startup is that you don't really want to build products that no one wants because that's what everyone else does. You would prefer to build products that people really want or need, okay? Now, it's better if you have any, you know, any idea about what you want to do. But in my case, I actually had no idea. I just knew that I want to write and I'm writing for many years now, so I know how to write. So just going to write and see what people are asking me to write about. And if it clicks with something I know, I will create a product. Okay, so it was a trial. Well, so good. it sure sounds like audience-driven product development to me. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that all this, that's, I don't know what it is, what you just said, but it is, in fact, audience-driven. Yeah, that's a term that we're kind of like defining this exact process that you're, that you're explaining too. Uh, audience-driven product development. You know, okay. find, finding an audience, not sure what your product is, and then, building that audience and seeing what you can create for them to help them bring value. Exactly. Now, let me be very clear because I want it to be as real as it can for the, our uh, listeners, watchers, whatever you call it in this mentor session, SPA, blah, 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 software. Um, here's the thing. I would not be able to do it if no one knew me in Israel, Tel Aviv, okay? Mm -hmm. If I would start from zero, from scratch, I would not be able to do it. Because as you probably know, or if you're not, you should know it, writing a blog post or writing a newsletter is half work. The other half is spreading it around, distributing mm -hmm. it, make sure it gets an audience, okay? And if I was no one or if no one would know who am I in, or let's say when I started the new school, okay, let's talk about the new school. When I started the new school, we decided that it's going to be designers because the new school is in English and my friends on Facebook are all reading Hebrew and they are Israelis. They're not interested in English uh, content. So okay. we started from scratch and I could not just decide that we are going to speak about something in general and just put it out in the air because there, there's no out in the air. You have to take your link and put it somewhere, right? So where do you put your link? So we had to take a decision. So we took a decision to take care of freelancers. And even freelancers, if you're looking for freelancers, you're not going to find them because there's no freelancers uh, forum. And if there are, they're quite crappy and too diverse most of the time. So we decided on freelancers, designers, and that's a niche. And once you decide on a niche, it's much easier to go and find them on the internet. It's okay. actually a really nice process called Safari. Uh, we call it Safari because I read it somewhere. I can't remember where, but we actually do it. And then we do a Safari. We go to travel in the internet, find all the places where these animals, say, freelance designers are hanging out. And then we say, okay, this is the Safari and I'm going to spread my uh, blog post here and there, okay? Or my content or my pitch or whatever, videos. Thing is, um, in Israel, I have my Israeli friends, I have my Facebook, so I didn't have to do this decision, okay? So I just, I, I, I just 
spoke for a second about the new school because I want it to be as real as possible for the listeners. I hate listening to podcasts and someone says something and I'm like, oh, this is so amazing. And then I'm going out and try to, you know, copy it. And I'm like, oh, but he forgot to say that I will have nowhere to put my links. So in my case, it was as easy as just putting it, my links in my Facebook. That's it. That's and that was, that was that the was only because, one. Yeah. So yeah, because I had, you had a large Facebook following already from years of doing lots of work, from exactly. being in Israel, being connected to people. Uh, exactly. But in the case of the new school business, you couldn't just use your friends network. Right. So new school, it was 10 times harder or 100 times harder. And I had to sit on my ass for a lot of months and we needed to be so creative to gain a lot of uh, audience. Yeah. Just to mention, on, on the first year, we had more than 1 million um, visits uh, into the website uh, of the new school. So there was a lot of hard work. But let's get back to the story because it's, it's actually an interesting um, story, even for me, because I never told it till right now. <laughs> so, so there yeah. was, so I, I, I called it Chatul Shel Asakim in Hebrew. It means like a uh, business cat. Okay, the business cat. That's how I called it. Uh, I picked this name because I think that business is usually talked about too seriously. And there's nothing funnier and more stupid than uh, a cat. So just connected both business and cat. Um, and what? No, I actually hate cats. Really? I just, yeah, I just admire them. Oh, I admire oh. cats because uh -huh. they do whatever they want. They just, you know, they hang around, they get food, they get drinks, and they just, <laughs> like, unlike dogs, dogs are like, they, they work, you know, they work yeah. and preaching you all, all day long. Cats are just having fun. Um, so I admire them, but I hate them. I, 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 so I call it business cat. And I, it was really um, compelling for my tone and voice, which is business on one side. And I wouldn't say hilarious because I'm not really funny, but let's say light on the other hand. Okay, so light and, uh, and serious at the same time. It's, it's actually very, it can be very confusing. It made a lot of hard choices on, you know, the copy, the micro copy for the website, because if you're being too stupid, no one thinks you're serious. If you're being too serious, you're not different than all of the boring, uh, serious people over the, the web. So it, it has to be very delicate, but as you can hear, I just spent a lot of thinking about it. Yeah, and I when just you spend to, a lot of thinking, you you crack it. Yeah, I just wanted to say that I was just noticing in everything that you're describing how much time you spent. Um, the, are you guys hearing an echo? Yeah, no. Sorry, sorry. Hold on a second. No, I hear you fine. Oh, Adir says, yep, echo. Okay, is that better? Uh, much better. I think there's still an echo. Is there an echo? No. Do you hear an echo? No. Okay, okay good. Okay, cool. Uh, sorry to interrupt the story. I just wanted to point out, as I'm listening to you describe it, every every like uh, like how detail driven you are with the tone that you're putting into the blog and the way that you're talking to your audience and the email message and everything. I think it's really important for everyone who's listening to like. I hope I I imagine that they caught onto that too. But I'm just yeah. noticing like you're really paying attention to every detail and how every word sounds. It's actually one of the most interesting things one could do. I think, at least for myself, this is, it's like, um, you have to crack it. It's a mystery. How are you like, do you know, Seth Godin, everyone knows Seth Godin, right? Yeah. He's the best. So, and if you, if, if anyone listening to us do not know Seth Godin, go and read all of his books, like live now, leave this session and go read <laughs> Seth Godin and never come back because he's much better than all of us. So, and when you listen enough to Seth Godin, he's basically not saying too much. He's saying again and again and again and again. You have to build a tribe. 
you have to build a big yeah. list of followers and you have to make sure you're different but you're different somehow that is still authentic to yourself so you can be different like this if you're not a guy who's like this you have to find some something within yourself but still make sure it's different and i know because of all of these hours looking at analytics with zero in real time you know the zero in real time which make you cry you look at the real time analytics and there's like no one in the website spending so many hours there for the new school i knew that you can't just copy paste you know you, you see someone's funnel you say oh he's so good wow it's so amazing i'm just gonna do it myself no it's not working for the zero not to be zero someone needs to be there and someone needs to be there not like to be there and bounce after a second they want to be there and stay there and you have to work hard to do this but it only like work hard grind work hard thinking how am i doing something that no one has ever done before which is like the hardest question in 2016 you know it's not like 1950 you could do something and you would be the only one in your village or town that is doing it now it's like 2016 everyone's like on product hunt everyone is doing everything yeah, yeah. um okay going back to to the story so i decided to call it um cat business cat the business cat okay and i was really thrilled to um i built the language i had in mind a product that i'm going to build for this okay but and and on on this product specifically i talked with sagi a few months back we were in a restaurant and we you guys just decided to go 100 percent on hacking ui and i was telling him about the product but sagi you see it never happened and why never it happened because i even though i had in mind what i want to do i was still listening to my audience okay and here's what happened okay so i decided i have a product and now the next thing you want to do is um um amplifying or how would i say just raise your uh email list so mm -hmm. i will have someone to tell him about my product okay okay uh because i'm working on it as a side project the newsletter is my only way to tell people what's going on i'm not gonna start facebook ads uh i'm not gonna raise money for it i don't even have a time for head start or, or kickstarter or whatever newsletter is my only choice uh to do it if i'm really with no resources okay so um in order to build the mailing list i decided to do um um a free how do you call it giveaway a notebook with um 12 small entrepreneurs that i adore sagi is being one of them i hope you blush there behind the microphone um asking them what is their best life hack as a small entrepreneur and i say small entrepreneurs because I was not interested and I'm still not so much interested in the big names, okay? The millionaires, the, the people who did the huge exits, they're cute, they're being interviewed everywhere, their stories are polished, um, but because something called survival bias and I'm not gonna go into it right now, um, I can't believe them, okay? Mm -hmm. I read too many books, heard too many podcasts, tried to do things I learned from this huge names and nothing worked. Mm -hmm. I learned that listening to people who are in the middle of the way or people who are small entrepreneurs, not millionaires yet, uh, telling me about their hacks 
is much more effective, okay? They do not tell stories, they tell about their real life, okay? They didn't come up with this, oh, and I got this lemonade, you know, blah, 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 and when I was four, I got my first company, and when I was six, I sold it, and <laughs> since then, I'm investing in companies, and since I'm 10, I build, I don't know, yeah. aircraft. Yeah. Um, uh, but I did listen to all of them, okay? It's great stories, but it's just it, great it stories. It, it, it's I, great. I also listen. I really recommend, like, uh, to, to listen to it. It's great. Yeah. Um, oh, someone said, I still use this notebook, Omri. So Omri has this notebook. So here's what I did. <coughs> I decided to create this notebook. And Omri, now, maybe you got it before, but right now you'll understand why it's, it was a great idea. So first... It was like a nice, um, leave your email and get this notebook. Second, I was talking to 12 amazing people who, and I got them excited to be part of it, okay? So the notebook is like one or two pages for each small entrepreneur telling their one of their best life hacks. I made sure they are very diverse. So I had um, like this, she's an architect and this woman is um, um, like a designer how do you call it? Um, whatever. Room designer, like interior. Interior, yeah. internal? That's interior. Interior. Interior mm -hmm. designer. And this other guy runs a startup, and this guy runs a bootstrap, and this guy is a consultant for startups about growth. And so very diverse. Each of them was talking about something totally different. Sagi was talking about how he's making sure. Um, he's synchronized with his wife about the time he spends on side projects. And Sagi, I don't know, but maybe this was one of the things that made you think about doing the side project accelerator because I made you feel that this is so important. No, I'm kidding. It was your post and podcast and whatever you talked about it. Um, but it was very diverse. So first I had 12 people already excited and willing to share my blog, okay? Because in this blog, they are famous or being respected or mm -hmm. being valuable. So they wanted to, to help me. Um, the notebook was designed and it was, it was, I made sure it looks really good. I was, again, thinking about each and every small detail. And let's go back to Seth Godin. So again, how can you do something that was never done? Actually, the first step is to think about whoever is going to read it, okay? And not just do it as everyone else is doing, okay? So what do we have in a, in a notebook? We have the, the, how do you call it? The cover, we have the pages with the stories. Then just after the cover, we have a um, table of contents, right? But it's a stupid 15 to 20 pages notebook, okay? Why do we really need table of contents? It's so <laughs> stupid. And everyone still put it there and I'm getting upset. And it's like, why do you, like, no one ever reads it, okay? <laughs> so I put a table of contents and my table of content looked like, like if you really read it, because I believe most people didn't, but some people did apparently. And it said, um, no one, like page six, is ever, page 10, reading the fucking table of contents. <laughs> so why everyone is still putting it in you shouldn't do what everyone is doing, and this is my life hack. Something nice. like this. Here, I'm re-ready. Okay. No, I'm going to right now. I'm looking for the... And that one was yours? That was, that was your life hack that for the book? Life hack, yeah. nice. That was my life hack. Like, don't do what nice. everyone else is doing. And as you see, it was a little thing. It was really small thing. 
but of course, um, Danielle is asking, is there a link to the book? Danielle, do you read Hebrew? She does. PDF. She does. Of, of, of course. So, um, ta -da -da -da. okay, I'll do it later. I think, I think Sagi is pulling it up now, so don't ah, worry. Okay. Sagi will put it out now. It's all, even if you don't read Hebrew, it would be nice to see the, the format. Um, and I would love to get the copy too, for sure. Um, guys talking in English, you can just copy the idea about the table of contents because I used it in Hebrew, you can use it in English. So it still counts as never having been done before then, you're saying? <laughs> I don't know, maybe someone did it, but I've never seen it. Oh, oh, oh no, not if, if they do it in English now. Yeah. yeah. Um, we can speak later on about stealing my things and uh, putting it in different languages all over the internet, which happened many times. Um, which is, and actually, it's a compliment. So, I, in, in this era, it's a compliment. Um, so, I've done this and I called it something like inter small entrepreneurs, entrepreneurs life hacks. Okay. Um, and obviously, that was trying to be more focused on my future potential product, which is something about marketing for small businesses, okay? Small businesses, small entrepreneurs, freelancers, they all need to know how to market themselves. If they would like this notebook, they would like my newsletter, they would like my blog, and I have my audience. But, dum dum dum, there's a, um, how do you call it? In the middle of the, in the middle of the story grid. Um, not a conflict. We have a, um, like a, a switch, okay? So a twist. <laughs> a twist. What happened to my English? I think I now now writing in Hebrew just you know ruined my <laughs> English. Um, there was a twist. I kept on getting more and more questions from people. Um, thanks, Omri. Twist. More and more questions from people who were not doing anything with marketing for small business. More and more people subscribe to my newsletter. A lot of them even because of this small notebook, asking me questions not about marketing for business, okay? And th there was the volume was much, much bigger than those who asked me about marketing for business. What kind of questions were they asking? So they were asking things like, hey, Lior, I feel I'm stuck. I'm not sure what is the future of my career. I don't know what I want to do in my life. And that was from people from all over the place. I just graduated, or I'm not sure if I want to go to college, or mm -hmm. even I'm running a startup, and I wanted to tell you that I think it's going to close down, and I have no fucking clue what I'm going to do later on. So it wasn't just clueless people. It was everyone. Like, everyone in our era is confused. We're all confused because career turned to be something which is really cloudy, okay? We were not really sure what's going on. And especially people who had the courage to try something else. Because if you go to corporate work, at least you can lie to yourself. Because you go you go to work and you have this, you know, reality bubble where everyone is doing this and you think you'll never get fired and they think they never get fired. And, and at least you can lie to yourself that it's all fine. Mm -hmm. But if you had the courage, you know, to try to be a freelancer or a creative or uh, to think about startups or side projects, then you're doomed, you're fucked. Why? Because, sorry if I harm someone with the language, whatever. Um, why you're fucked? Because you're like, hey, this is so amazing. I have the balls to do this and that. But then again, what is the journey? Like, where am I going from here? Everything is like, we're all clueless. We're all confused. We're all whatever. 
Um, and then that happened again and again and again. And I thought about it. And actually, in the last three to four years, I, I stopped work, working in high tech seven years ago. And the last three to four years, for some reason, a lot of people came to consult with me about this, about the future of their career. So I guess it's something that people think I know of. Um, and it's something that I have a lot, <coughs> sorry, to, to say about. And the reason I do is not just because I tried myself to do everything from working in a corporate, working in a startup, to working in a startup, to turn into an IPO, starting a startup, having a bootstrap, being a freelancer. So I kind of have a, a, a diverse look at the world. I also read and listen to things between one to two, two and a half hours a day. I'm studying between one to two and a half uh, hours a day. It's part but of my... How do you think that people got to specifically to think that you would have the answers to their questions on their career okay, and advice so and stuff like that? I have no clue. It's something in my character or probably not in my character as in the way I write that make mm -hmm. it very accessible. And if I'll tell you that I know how to teach to do it, I have no clue. I would have to reverse engineering it and I never done it before yet. So something about me is accessible. Okay. Now, the, the important thing here is not to speak about me and how everyone wants to be accessible. Not everyone wants to be accessible. Actually, it's also a really bad thing to be an accessible person because everyone wants your advice and most of them want it for free and you don't have time to do it. The thing is that we have a few things we're playing with. Okay. If we think about side projects or in general about our career, we have the things that we're good at and we have the things that we want to be and we have the things that we want to do and we also have things in our character that we might not be able to explain but it's just working okay so this is one thing that i i don't know why it just works people think i'm accessible and i would know how to help them um so when they came to meet me or they wrote me emails i had a lot of advice because again i was listening to every podcast out there and reading every book and i tried a lot of things uh, myself and so i had to take a decision it was a hard one um five months ago around five months ago um to not do this course five or four months ago and instead start writing this book and i said since i feel like i have so much knowledge and I, I feel that I have so many things I can say. I have so many opinions about it. I'm like 37 and I'm thinking about it for seven years almost every day and I'm reading about it. I'm listening about, you know, career and side projects and startups and, and bootstraps and, and all of this and, 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 and the new era and the robots and what are they going to do to our work and whatever. I felt that if I just start writing, I would never stop. Mm -hmm. um, and that's basically what happened. So I knew what is the question, wh where it starts. I knew I have audience for it. And I knew that I want to do it, even though economically, a book is quite lousy. Okay. That's exactly what I wanted to ask you. So you, it sounds like you hit everything. You had the audience that you knew was backing it. You know, you built it for a long time. And then you had like uh, something to confirm that people were interested. Yeah. Uh, but you gave up doing the course, which seems like a pretty clear cut way of making money. There's a you know, membership fee and then you deliver some value and then people join and pay for it. Yeah. To book, which, like you said, is fi financially 
like usually harder to make money. Yeah, and I assume, I have, and I, I assume it's also probably harder in in uh, in Hebrew market too, which is smaller than an English market. Exactly, or or maybe not. Maybe it's more niche. I have uh, no. It, it's it's much harder in Israel. Digital books are still. I'm going to print it just because in mm -hmm. Israel, digital books is something very young. For example, we do not have Amazon. I cannot do the nice dropship Amazon is doing in a Hebrew book. And this is mm -hmm. unfortunate. So if I want to print the book, I can just upload it to CreateSpace. That's the Amazon way to print your books. Um, like I've done with uh, one of my English books, um, I just have to print it my own or to um, seal a deal with one of the publishers, which I will never do. I almost did, but I, I'm not going to do it after I, I was uh, with them in, uh, in some communication. And they just present the old world that I don't want to have anything with because it's just, I don't, it's going to die. I don't know what, what they're doing. I mean, really, really, it's, it's a sad story. It's a sad story. Anyway, so we don't have Amazon which means that it's really going to be hard to print the books and I'm going to have to spend a lot of energy, maybe also money in, the, in this process. Yeah, by the way, I just talked to uh, the episode I published today on the podcast, uh, on the Pixel Perfect podcast with uh, Kineret. Yeah. Uh, so she, she, she self-published her book. I know. She told about the prices. That's crazy. It's like yeah. in Israel, it's a crazy price. It's crazy. And now we can get into more details because it's a really good comparison. So here's the thing. Kinneret is doing a book which is considered business book. Okay. Not business book like how to get rich or whatever. Business book like a book that businesses company would want to buy. and yeah. companies want to buy. Okay. This is why she can charge a lot of money for it. And companies are buying it because for an Israeli book, it's almost twice the price of a novel. Okay. If a novel costs, I don't know, 15 bucks, um, Kinerets costs twice and even more. Okay. Mm, it's she, like $40. Yeah. Because agencies and companies are buying it. My mm. book is for, um, you know, for people, for the people. And <clears throat> so the market is bigger, but people are not used to pay for digital uh, books in Israel. So you ask me about the economics and I actually have no excuse because here's what happened. When I started writing the book, I felt something that I didn't feel for a long time. It was like, I have to do it. I just have to do it. And it's going to be one of the cases that I hope that eventually it will be good for me. Well, as well, I'm, I, because I'm listening a lot to Seth Godin, so I do believe that a book is a really good thing for you to, to spread your ideas and to spread your identity and to spread your, you know, memetics. But so probably eventually it will do whatever. But even if not, I put a deadline. I said, I'm going to a honeymoon in next week. I said, I have to do it until mid-September. And if I mm -hmm. do it until mid-September and I spend, and I spend a few hours a day, uh, it was 5 to 7 or 8 a.m. and then 7 to 10 p.m., which is crazy, but it's something, sometimes it's why you have to do for a side project, right? Um, every day, and I finished doing everything, including design, launch, uh, landing page, pre-sale, which went really well, newsletter, building the newsletter, building the pitch, uh, making people share it, get recommendations. It's like... <laughs> Endless work, not speaking about the writing and editing, which is most of it, but at least, <laughs> at least that's like... Forget the book itself. You yeah, know, just yeah. forget the book. You have, to, you know, it's like a side product. I yeah. mean, it doesn't have to be. It doesn't have to be. People still go 
to to publishers and then they hear no we don't want to publish your book or they do do it themselves and then they put that you have to put down something like eight to nine thousand dollars uh for someone to publish and print like one thousand copies this is lousy okay um but they do it to for a dream i know some things about marketing and i know some things about the digital world so i was like i'm gonna do it like no one has ever done it in israel and actually, that's easy to say in Israel because Israel is kind of small. So I, what I've done, I've seen others do, of course, in the United States. But in Israel, it was kind of new. It's a landing page that looks like a landing page to any good product you know of. There are recommendations and uh, the Facebook like and share. And I'm explaining why and why not. And I even give 100% money-back guarantee which no one has ever done in israel um it's 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 crazy stupid and i don't want to make a bad impression but israelis are one of the biggest torrent lovers let's just say <laughs> like this in the world so giving them 100 percent money-back guarantee could, could be big problem but i wasn't afraid because i knew who who is my audience and in this kind of audience i'm i was not afraid and anyway even if i was this is what i believe in i believe in value for money and if i can i cannot produce value i don't want the money i i want to sit down and think harder how can i produce more value okay mm -hmm. i don't want to you know just get some money from people and, and forget about them i want people who read my book to say it cost me 10 bucks or 15 bucks, but it's worth 10 times more. That's how I want them to remember my book. So if and when, maybe at some point, I will build something bigger, they will pay me 10 times more, okay? Um, I'm not sure if it's going to happen because of many different things, including my, my all kinds of projects that I'm starting to work on right now, <coughs> but they are all maybes. Um, okay. I think I, 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 I talked a lot about the book and we, I, I saw that we have more questions. Yes, I'll just I... say one last thing about the book. I said it today, I had a mini, mini launch. This book was managed just like any good side product, okay? Side project for a product. Uh, there was pre-sale much before I was in the middle of the book. There was landing page. When I had my first word, there was a landing page. I wanted to see clicks. I wanted to see people are interested in it. I told everyone about my book. Um, so a lot of marketing, a lot of thinking, what people want, a lot of changing. I changed the things I, I was planning what to write about. And I changed a few of the things before I, I had the opportunity to write them down because I was talking to people and get some feedback. Mm -hmm. So I actually changed the content almost in real time. Um, and then the pre-sale ended last week on Saturday. I had a big launch party. It was fun with three speakers. That was nice. But then this morning, I did something that, again, was never done in Israel, which is, you know what it is? Did you see it, no, David? No, no, no. Uh, I was uh, publishing a second version in Hebrew uh -huh. for women readers because in Hebrew, it's different when you talk to a male and when you talk to a female. Okay, like in Spanish. Ah, then, I got you. This book is okay. about career. So I'm talking a lot like you have to do this and you want to do this. You want to think about this. You want to da-da-da-da-da. And it's for male, for male, for male, for male. And, and okay. people are like, 
hmm, you know, it's, it's nice, but it's not. And I see so many times, speaking about audience and listening mm-hmm. to the audience, so many times people are like, hey, why wouldn't anyone write for women? Yeah. Like, they are asking for it and no one is doing it. So I spend a lot of more hours, but I think it's worth it because now when a woman reads it, she feels like I really talk to her. Okay, like cool. 10 times more than before when she had to do this small translation all the time in her head. Um, and that's that's like I'm quite amazed that it's the first time ev- anyone ever done it in Israel because it's so simple, right? So there's two actual two copies of the book. Yeah, it's two actual copies of the book. But because I'm doing the website, etc. myself, it was so much work. It's not just two copies. It's two copies and then two copies for Kindle, two copies for EPUB. Two versions of the landing page, one speaking to male and one speaking to female. Two versions of the free uh, free chapter that you get if you leave your email because you're still not sure you want to buy it. Two different wow. newsletters arriving to you. It was like, ah. Oh. Wait, so where do you, if you take it all the way back to the landing page and the email, where do you get them to choose, like male or female? So... Where does it start so now? Phone? So here's here's the thing. Um, I did this launch today. So now if you go to the main page, it's all for female. And there's a small line say, hey, if you're a man, click here, which is a little bit of it's it's a, it's provocative in Israel. It's provocative because uh, the, yeah. the Israeli academic, whatever you call it, that is deciding how to speak well uh, knows and everyone knows that you speak to male. Of course, because of the history of the human stupid kind. Um, so, so this is how it is. But it, it, it's a brilliant idea. I just want to say one thing. I, if you've read um, Ben Horowitz's book, "The Hard Thing About Hard Things," he so he does something really weird in the book. He doesn't have two copies, of course. I've never heard of anything like this. But he in the book always speaks to women. It, he says she yeah. and her. Yeah. The whole book. Actually, as I was reading it, it's not, it's not weird. No weird. Uh, she and her. Uh, you see it a lot in uh, high-tech writing. Uh, so you will see it even in programmers' uh, books sometimes. Uh, when when you give an example of a third person, a lot of the times you will put she. That's that's actually a, a thing that I see a lot. But if you say he did it a lot, he was probably aware of it. Okay, but it would as well could be his editor because I I guess he had like. A really good editor. <laughs> okay, but th- this is a brilliant idea. So when so you did all this, I mean, it sounds like a ton of extra work to go back and essentially make two yeah. copies of everything, and not only that to market it and to promote it. What is the like? Ex- can you give us like the expected time that you spent on this and the expected benefit to come from this additional yeah, thing? Yeah, I would. I I expected that this second launch. It was like a second mini launch. So what happened that is today mm-hmm. a lot of people again shared my book, but for a different reason. They weren't like Lior is writing really well. This time was what like who who is this brilliant guy who decided to do this for women? Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, actually, again, I don't think it's brilliant. I mean, unless brilliance in in the most simple way you could think of. It's like it's so simple. It's so simple, and sometimes there's amazing things we could do, and it's just here. It's under our eyes, and we can't see it. And it's just by listening to, to, to the audience, like really listening to them and not just listening when you ask them questions, be wherever they are and see what they're talking about. So there's one group that I'm really following. It's called Microcopy. Uh, Kinerit is one of their founders. And over there, 
they bring a lot of Israeli websites showing how they only speak to male and how it is annoying. And this is, if I would have to go inside my brain, it was probably how I got this idea, okay? Mm -hmm. Probably, I, I, I'm not sure. Um, so my expectations are really high for this second uh, launch just because I spent a lot of time working on it, but I'm not sure it will do it. I'm not sure it will do it. What I am sure is that even if it will not bring me a lot of um, new purchases, it will do good for the brand of me and my blog and my book, okay? Mm -hmm. Because it, sets, it says something about a person if he's working so hard to do it. Definitely. So to summarize, I think that like uh, as far as what you expect to achieve from the book, it's pretty cool because you do have a, like a physical product that you're selling. Yeah, oh, I should say a digital product that you're selling that may be physical in the future. Yeah. So you will make you can you will make money on it now. But it sounds like in some ways you're the audience building that you're doing is probably even more valuable to you. Is that correct? Yeah. Than yeah. Potential? Yeah. Because listen, first. So many people ask me, where will the, when will the printed book be out? Okay. If we think mm -hmm. about it, if I will do this, well, I want to say when, but I'll say if. I don't want to promise. But if I'll do this printed book, it only means that the digital version of it was actually a huge pilot for the printed one. Okay. I didn't have to spend so much money and more effort to do the print one. I did the digital one. Now I get the feedbacks and the feedbacks, thanks God, are really, really well. People are reading it in one night and it's like 55,000 words. So it's, it's, I, I started reading it just to see the, um, how, how much time it would take me to make an audiobook. It's going to be a six and a half hours audiobook. It's wow. not a short book, but people are writing me. Yeah. I stayed, I stayed up all night and read it. And I'm like, ah, oh, thanks, thanks. <laughs> I mean, it was worth the, the hard work. And I think when the printed, if, if I'll do the printed book, there will be already so many people who read the digital book and would tell their friends or give their friends a present like, Hey, you, you got to read it. Um, okay. You're not a digital person. So you didn't want to write and uh, read it in, uh, in digital, but here's a good present for you. And they will be my ambassadors. Okay. Um, so it's not going to end here. And also, I guess now I can't even imagine it because I'm traumatized by so much writing and editing hours. But I get if I know Lior, I guess I will write another one, you know, so uh, <laughs> at least one more. So, you know, it's, it's again, getting back to Seth Godin, your credibility and being the person who says and does what he says is the biggest um, thing you have in life. It's like it's the biggest asset, especially in these days where everything is free, everything is liquid, music, movies, everything is like, you know, everything flows almost free and, and very easily and whatever. And things that you do and if you believe in what you do and you stand behind them, um, it's like my book is, is like a self-help book. And most self-help books I read were bullshit. So I had this goal, how, how am I going to write a book that is self-help and has zero bullshit in it? That was like my number one goal. Cool. And, and, and doing it and be able to stand, you know, very um, like, like this and say, I am proud of this book, even, even though it's a self-help book and self-help books usually seem like bullshit. I am proud to say that I did it and I don't think it's bullshit. 
and I'm willing to to discuss any point, every you know section of the book, and and say, hey, this is why I decided it's it's not bullshit, and this is what it's like a long term investment, okay, in whatever I would like to do in in the future. Um, I know the side project accelerator is nothing about long term investment. I mean, it is because you, you train in something you're gonna do ten times more, but. Uh, and I'm usually much more like, what's the ROI? Where's the value for money? Where, where's the value for my efforts? But in this case, it was a little bit different. Well, actually, I think I think we can all, all relate to that a lot because a lot of what we're doing is, you know, is building our, or starting to write or building uh, newsletters and email lists that are not going to be monetized now or necessarily anytime soon <laughs> or necessarily yeah. even in a direct way. Yeah. Um, but it's exactly what you're talking about is is believing that when you deliver good value, when you can stand behind something that you created, when it's not bullshit, um, that whether or not the thing that you sell right now makes you know enough money to let you go live you know forever without having to work or not, you're building this audience, and that yeah. audience is your most valuable asset. Yeah, uh, I just uh, went to Gumroad just to give you the. Uh, do you want to know the numbers? Sure. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so it's almost five thousand dollars right nice. now, $5, which is 000? funny. Yeah, wow! It's this funny is... because in Israel, if you're a really, really successful author and you go with a publisher, I don't know. You have to be like, um, I don't, I don't know how many books you have. To, I, I, I can tell you how many books you have I, to sell thousands of books. Today. I think you need to refresh that page because Adir says, by the way, I just bought the book now. Oh, <laughs> thanks for being here. Uh, yes. Let me see if I can see you inside. Let's see if you really bought it. You just, no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Actually, by the way, um, yeah, Adir Ron. Um, one of the things that I'm doing all the time at the new school and with the book as well, speaking about long-term uh, investments, when someone tells me I tried, my PayPal didn't work, I tried to do it, my credit work didn't work, Blah, 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 blah. I got the details in four times and it didn't work. Whatever. With what, whatever reason I find, as small as it is, uh, that someone put, you know, more than two minutes, try to buy my product and couldn't, I give it as a present. Hmm. Always. I, it happened with, you know, Indian students writing me for the new school. Hey, I'm saving for you. Blah, 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 blah. I got to 40 bucks. Your lesson is 200 bucks or 300 bucks. Da, 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 da. I send it to him as a present. I hope you don't have too many other, uh, too many people here listening right now. But seriously, and the same with the book. Um, some people wrote me that they tried to to buy it, but the website is blocked. Whatever, and it's um, it's can the you, attitude. Can, can you just explain that? I mean, it, you know, it makes sense. Obviously, the person who gets it says that's nice. But if they're trying to buy, the other side of it is if they're trying to buy one. Why don't you say like? Why don't you help them with it and help them uh, just purchase it? Because it's not like they're, especially with the book. Okay, let's new school is a different thing because it's a three hundred dollars course, but the book is like ten or fifteen bucks. Okay, it depends if you were in the pre-sale or sale. It's such a small investment. Okay, and I'm gonna get such like what is ten bucks? It's it's lunch in Tel Aviv, not even now. I am not going to make someone work hard on paying me this money. If they tried and they couldn't, and they spent five minutes, 10 minutes, they tried and, and they tell me, hey, I got stuck, I couldn't, blah, 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 blah. And they put the effort in writing me, okay? <clears throat> it's worth to me much more than these 10 bucks 
to earn this person's trust, okay? Mm -hmm. I cannot because I do not have the numbers or research or I don't think there's a bot or AI who can explain if the ROI for it is positive or negative, but this is how, this is what I believe in. I believe if you're a good person, it stands out just because most people are not good people. (laughs) (laughs) And most people you, 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 you deal like, you have never went to buy jeans and someone said, oh, you know what? Just get this jeans as a present just because I think you're a good guy. But I would do it. I would do it. And I think it's um, it's an attitude. And I don't know when. Maybe it's like, you know, it's this karma thoughts. I don't know when. But maybe two years from now, this guy will be the head of marketing of whatever. And it'll be, oh, now he got this project. I remember this guy I couldn't buy his book and he just gave it to me for free. It's something that no one is doing. You know what? Now I'm going to help him and share his whatever in my, with my power. Um, mm-hmm. It's people. People is the biggest, like the biggest asset. power, asset, power you have. Power is built from people helping people. It's like we, we, we help each other and we, we find so much value in it. And this is all it. It's not like a machine and you have to crack the machine. You have to mm-hmm. crack people. Okay. Chapter number seven from my book. <laughs> no, but seriously, seriously, you just have to crack people. You have to crack people because they are your audience. You have to buy, crack people because they buy your products and you have to crack people because you, you have relationships with them. Definitely. Yeah. Well, uh, that was awesome. Really awesome to hear about that. Um, so I want to go, maybe we can do like a little bit of a lightning round so we can get through because we have some other awesome questions here on different subjects. Um, okay. Some of them tie in also to uh, the book a little bit too and some are completely on different subjects. Um, let's see. So let's start with the first one uh, from Adir who asks, uh, what made you start New School? How are you promoting it? And how much money is it generating? <clears throat> What made us start New School? Um, it's a long story. I will say it shortly. We found that we were both uh, freelancers. Okay. Um, I was doing site building. Ron was doing design. I was doing development. We found that there's no one who's teaching you how to do the business of freelancing. And when you're, you're a freelancer, you run a business. But most, for example, most designers, they don't see it like this. They see it like, oh, we are artists. We're designers. The fact that they have clients, they have, they need to do marketing, they need to speak about money, all of that, like, ah, I won't do it. And this is the reason why so many talented designers just can't pay their bills because they have no clue about business. Um, I came from a really, a lot of background in also project managing and time managing, etc. So I did really good with my freelancing, but it wasn't because I was the most talented guy in the craft I was doing. It was about the ways I looked at, at freelancing. Okay. So we decided that there's a huge gap and we would love to help people with this mission and people would be willing to pay for it. Well, there was a hypothesis, hypothesis. So we had to, um, um, so there was two years ago. How much money the new school is generating? Thousands of bucks every month. Uh, if it's a really bad one, it would be three to four thousand. If it's a good one, it could be twelve thousand. Okay. But a few months back, we decided that the lessons and the, the things that we do there, um, are not what we're going to do in the future. So we maintain it, but at the same time, we build Prospero, which is a totally different product, and it's a SaaS, okay? It's a software as a service, web-based, 
it's a really nice tool who builds which builds uh, proposals for freelancers. Uh, so, so wait, you, so that means you decided that you're going to keep up new school as is, but you're no longer going to build anything new on it. Exactly. And like as far as the current amount of students, the current amount of money it's making, you guys are going to also just maintain at that level and work. Yeah. yeah. So it means that there are less and less and less month of 10 and 12,000 bucks and more and more and more month of the lower uh, numbers. But this is because we, we need to focus. So uh, you guys, so you guys are a team and you're, you like new school was one product that you were working on in that three days you were describing, and now you're switching some of your time to work on Prospero, a different so project. New school now is not even ten percent of our time. Okay, mm -hmm. it's a machine. It's working. We maintain it. We have twenty five thousand people in the newsletter. We still create content. We have a big community, a secret group in in Facebook. Uh, I answer questions from my students every day. A few emails. But that's about it. Rod and Ayal, especially, I don't let them get it near it uh, because they need to be focused on the new product. I maintain the new school, and in the the rest of the time, I uh, work on the product as well because it's a new product and it's in beta. And there is a lot of work there. Okay, and just uh, the last part of the question is really interesting too. Is how how did you promote it to get twenty five thousand person email list? And, you know the giant amount of audience that you had for new school. Any, any like, what would you say is the one, um, not there's one, only one way, but if you had to, you know, one major content. thing people wouldn't think of. Content, content marketing. Mm -hmm. And do it only if you know how to write good or you know someone who can write really well to help you. Because content writing as it is, is now a losing channel. I would not put my money on content marketing anymore on written content marketing. I would put my money on video content marketing, but not on written content marketing because when we started two and a half years ago, two, two and a half years ago, it was still kind of new. <clears throat> Nowadays, in the last two years, content marketing went so big that now everyone is doing content marketing, which just creates so many articles over the internet that just look exactly the same. And it sounds like this. Yeah. Now, if you pick a subject, I will tell you how the generic post is sound, okay? Let's talk about work-life balance. It goes like this. So you sit in your, uh, so you sit in your office. The, the hour is already five. You're thinking to yourself, do I have to go home? Do I want to stay? Oh, what do you have to do? Work-life balance. Okay, step one. Step two, nothing personal, nothing like from my own experience. It's like robots are writing it, and I'm actually waiting for the robots to start writing it because they will do a better job. All these posts just here look the same. Now, a crappy post about a subject that no one would write about, like work-life balance, five years ago, there was amazing because it was a crappy written post, but it was just one. Now, every day, 100 companies are writing the same post. So all the posts look just the same. And I hate when a post starts like, you're doing this, you're doing this, you're doing this. You know, Shayna is working with us. She's uh, helping me with the community and she's writing blog posts. And when she's writing something like this, I go to WordPress and I delete it. <laughs> I tell her, go back to your draft. I mean, what is it? We're not writing this shit. It looks like everyone else. So whether you have a personal story or let's, let's do another blog post, we're not going to write something generic that sounds like everyone else. This is a waste of our time. It's a waste of energy. What, for SEO? It's even bad for SEO because everyone is doing it. 
So content marketing made us big, but just because we kept a very special and specific voice and we, I was very strict about it. Um, I would prefer not to have a, another post this week if we don't have a very uh, specific post. Our newsletter was different. It's 30 to 30, 30 to 40% open rate, which is really high just because it's different. We put a lot of effort, okay? I used to spend four hours writing the weekly email, four hours, just to make sure it's funny, it's told like a story, the GIF is funny, we have this GIF uh, above our uh, newsletter. Uh, also this, like GIFs, everyone now have GIFs, okay? Yesterday I told myself I have to find the next thing because two years ago no one was using GIFs. Mm -hmm. Two years ago I started putting GIFs in my slideshows, okay? And then I saw one guy, I was in a, in UK in a conference, design conference. I saw one more guy putting it, putting it in his slideshow. And now everyone does it. Okay. In their slideshow, in their newsletter, in theirs, uh, in, in the whatever. And I'm like, this is the time to move on to find the next thing. Because when everyone is doing it, that's the right time to find the new thing. So what's uh, the next thing? Well, obviously video, <laughs> even though video is so much harder. That's the thing the, the it steps up every time you have to have so many more uh, skills and talent to do something. Um, but I don't know, I'm trying to crack it. And if I'll crack it, I'll send you a, a WhatsApp. <laughs> I'm trying to crack it. I don't know what's next, but uh, things start to look just the same. Um, we tried Facebook ads for a bit, didn't work. I have to say the internet is full. It's blasted with amazing marketing advice. Most of it is crap. And much of it is really good, but it doesn't mean that it would work on your audience. And this is my biggest lesson, okay? At the new school for one year, all I did was basically marketing. Mm -hmm. Marketing, 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 marketing. I mean, building network, social, the blog, the newsletter. And what I found out is that I, I, I heard and, you know, I digested so much advice and I tried it and it didn't work. And I was like, I'm so bad at it. You know, I don't know how to do it. I'm and Ron and I were like, what do you mean? We have million visitors in one year. That's amazing. And I'm like, no, no, I saw in this post, he did it and he got 560 shares and we got only 200 shares. It's not working. And then it took me some time to figure out that most of the advice you hear from marketers will work really good on marketers okay because marketers they want to sit down and digest more and more hacks about how to market so if you teach them how to market and you put and you do your blog post in a very smart way they will read it and they will share it and they will put it in inbound and they will vote up in reddit and whatever you do the same for designers, most of it doesn't work. You do the same for developers. Instead of reading your uh, article, they tell you, hey, I saw the div is not in the right place and you should move <laughs> you do the same so for true. You do the same for architects. Heck, where do you find architects, you know? We did an extension. We did an extension for um, something kind of like Muesli for filmmakers, okay? Mm -hmm. Just because Ron was on vacation and I told they all, um, we, we were stuck with the product, I said, let's do a hackathon this week. We did something like Muesli for like an inspiration board, taking good stuff from a lot of uh, the biggest uh, blogs about filmmaking for filmmakers. Mm -hmm. So we got it, it's like a super simple product. You put a grid, uh, you it opens the tap, you put a grid, you, you pick up uh, a few websites. It's If you're a developer, it's like five hours work, okay, seriously. And now 
I always like, okay, it's working. And I'm like, okay, I'm going to market it. You go and look for filmmakers. Where are they? They're not on Product Hunt. They're not in Inbound. They're not, they're actually not even on Reddit. They're busy doing films. They have this <laughs> huge things they play with. And you know, we play with little software and we sometimes pay like 15 bucks a month and we're like, oh, that's expensive. And they're like, oh, I just bought this, I don't know, mic or whatever lens. It cost me $4,000. That's my new toy. This is, they have totally different life and they, it's hard to find them over the internet. So you hear so much marketing advice and you're like, okay, I know what to do, but then it's bullshit because it works only, not only, but it wouldn't work the same for different audiences. So make sure you know what your audience is looking for and where they really hang out. And if they don't hang out on the internet, it's fine, but go and find them out, you know, offline. Find, find them in a conference, find them in, in, I don't know, in meetups. Good advice. Uh, um, our next question we have is, uh, what speaking tips can you use and how can we better prepare ourselves to do a speaking gig properly? Okay, could it be the last question because it's like 7.20, I just noticed and um, I For really sure. need to go on. Maybe we just group this in a quick uh, speaking tip answer in combination of how did you speak at TEDx? How did I got to speak at TEDx? Um, I got a call from Bulgaria. Till this day, I have no clue who gave them my number. They told me, well, obviously, okay, so how do you get, I, I was also publishing things on Wired magazine, okay? And Adir, you can read in my book how I did it because for me, this is my way biggest achievement more than my wedding, okay? Being published on <laughs> Wired. Wired magazine, not Wired online, printed Wired. Wow. So how did I get on Wired? How did I get on TEDx? How did I get everywhere? You need two things. You have to have something interesting to say and you have to know the right people, okay? And the first one is not enough. And the second one, second one, of course, is not enough because even if your brother is the founder of Wired and you have nothing to say, nothing interesting to say, he doesn't care. And when I say you have to say something, I usually mean you have to do something because people don't want to hear your thoughts. People want to hear what you did, okay? And this is why consultants and a lot of these people have this ceiling because as long as they just consult and they know a lot of theories, philosophers the same, people will respect them, but only up to here. If you do stuff, it's like 10 times uh, higher. So <coughs> uh, at the time I did this social project wearing, uh, raising awareness for smartphone addiction because we're all addicted and you know it. Um, it was 2013. Again, no one was talking about it at the time. Now everyone is talking about it. Now it's like old. Now we have all these funny movies and there's a lot of uh, documentaries going out. But back then, no one was talking about uh, smartphone addiction. I was talking about it and then I did a big campaign and we had a picture campaign and blah, blah. You have, oh, where do I write it? I can put this side because this is in English and digitize me. Um, oops, he didn't put it with the link. You can see the photos this. It's badly designed because I had no clue about design back then. Uh, digitize. Oh, sorry. Um, so I, <coughs> I did this project. It went, uh, well, I'll tell it the right way. I did a blog, it failed, I did this, it failed, I did a video, it failed, I did Facebook viral campaign, it failed. I did photos campaign, it went super viral. Uh, people and celebrities from Israel and the world participated. And then I got this blah, 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 I got this call from Bulgaria because someone who knows and trusts me 
told them about me. I have no clue who it is until this day. And they told me, hi, we got your number. Um, we heard you did this project. There is this guy, maybe you know him. He's called Edgar Keret, and he just canceled his arrival for TEDx Bulgaria. Now, TEDx Bulgaria, they have only one TEDx. It's not like Israel, where you have like TEDx this toilet and TEDx this bathroom. Like every two guys are like, oh, we have a TEDx. So, you know, yesterday I saw a spe- uh, I saw someone in his website. It says TED speaker. And then you see in, in the background, it's TEDx. You're not a TED speaker, you're a TEDx speaker, okay? And I'm not a TED speaker, I'm a TEDx speaker. So lower your respect. I'm not a TED speaker. This is like 100 times. We're uh, seeing that this is a bit of a touchy subject for you. <laughs> yeah, because come on, I'm, I would never call myself a TED speaker unless I would be on TED. Anyway, but TEDx Bulgaria, and here it comes, okay? Here's my snobbish part. TEDx Bulgaria is in front of 5,000 people in their huge opera hall. So this is like only one TEDx they have. Edgar Carrot is an Israeli uh, writer, author, which got really famous in all of Europe. He has, I don't know how many fans, all of Europe. And he's like a celebrity. So they invited him like a celebrity to speak about his books and whatever. And he canceled in the last minute. And that's the third time in my life that something good happened because someone much bigger and more important than me canceled, okay? But what it means is that I was out and about enough that people would know that I can be a good plan B. You know what I mean? So, I mean, it's something. In some other things in my life, I'm plan A, okay? But these things, I was plan B. So they said, so we we heard about this project and it's in two weeks. Now, TED and TEDx is like three months um, preparation and it's in English and you have to know it by heart and they work with you on the blah, 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 blah. But I had two weeks. So I said, of course, because it's like it's being on TEDx. And also, I don't have to go through the three-month uh, nightmare. I, I will have less nights where I can't sleep because I'm like, what the fuck, how the fuck am I going to do it? I will be less panicked. I didn't have the time to, to get prepared good enough. Um, but it happened. But it happened in the end. And let me find it. Actually, if you write the Frankel in Google, I think that's, that's what you get. Um, you can hear it and listen to my funny English there. A lot of it is because of my, uh, <coughs> I was so excited to do it, not just in a good way, also in a, I was stressed, but it was a lot of fun. So do something that people will want to hear about, okay? And not for two days, do it for months and years. And then also make sure you know people just in general, as many people as you can and people who are, you know, playing with, with, uh, with the strings. Um, so pulling strings. So in the right time at the right place, someone will call you and say, you're a really nice plan B. <laughs> cool. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, that was a good session. Yeah. Thank you very much. Uh, that was awesome. Appreciate the time. Um, we learned a lot here. Definitely. So yeah. Cool. And congrats on the book. That's amazing. That's yeah. really great numbers. I'm so happy to hear, you know, I've, I've been like uh, in touch with you, like before you started this and then like during, and then like now seeing it, like it's exciting for me, very like, I, I really, uh, uh, really inspiring. Yeah, it's, it's inspiring and I'm, and I'm very happy for you, man. Thanks. I was no bullshit, uh, I no, no bullshit doing everything, you know, best original. Yeah. It was really fun for me and I know it because I just almost lost my voice and it happens only when I 
really care. So I speak, you know, from. <laughs> uh, so it was really nice, and and I love you guys. You're doing amazing work, and keep on doing your work. And I'll see you around. You. And guys who are listening, just practice and do it again and again and again and again and again. It gets easier, and then you'll find something harder to do. So it never gets easier. <laughs> <laughs> Bye, man. Thanks a lot. Yes.